Oh, hi there. My name is Alan Carter. Could I interest you in a cruise? Would you be interested in going on a cruise? I, people are always trying to convince me that I, you know, yes, you'd love, you'd love it. This is pre-pandemic, of course. You'd love to go on a cruise. And I like, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if I want to be on a, you know, on something I can't get off of with all those people. But they say you, you find the right thing, you love it. I think a lot of people, you know, still love to go out on cruises. But what, what environmental impact do cruise ships actually have? I used to live in Vancouver, began my uh, broadcasting career uh, out in B.C. And you see the big cruise ships come into the port. And, of course, that's an economic driver. But then you think to yourself, okay, hold on, hold on. You know, what's going on with that ship once it pulls out of port and starts steaming away? Steaming perhaps apt, uh, up the coast. Well, it turns out that Canada's west coast has become a quote-unquote toilet bowl for cruise ship sewage and toxic waste. I apologize if you're tucking into your lunch during this conversation, but Dr. Anna Barford is Canada shipping campaigner with Stand.Earth, who has looked into this. Anna, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. And I got this is wicked gross, but also a real concern. What kind of regulations do we have in Canada in terms of the dumping of this kind of stuff off our coastline? Well, I got to be honest, it's not much. Uh, and, you know, and we, we look at our neighbors and the contrast becomes really quite stark that we're a bit of a toilet bowl for cruise ships. Uh, in Washington state, there's a no discharge zone that addresses sewage. Uh, you can't dump it, treat it or untreat it. In Alaska, we have uh, really strict regulations about gray water, about sewage, and ongoing monitoring. Um, and in Canada, it's just sort of a free-for-all. We're the toilet bowl. So a cruise ship that would be, let's, you know, making an Alaska run, if it was off the coast of Washington State or off the coast of, of Alaska, the rules would be considerably different about what it could discharge? Yeah, Absolutely. That's exactly right. Uh, in Washington state, no sewage is allowed to be dumped in Puget Sound. So they have to hold what's in their tank. You know, you get on a cruise ship and you flush the toilet. Yeah. Legally, that ship has to hold that waste until they're outside of Washington's jurisdiction. Well, outside of Washington's jurisdiction, that's Canada's jurisdiction. That's us. Uh, so as soon as they cross the border in the middle of the Salish Sea, they can open up those tanks and let it flow. All right, so obviously I think people understand when we say gray water, but you, you also talk about toxic waste. What else is there in there? Yeah, so more than 95% of the waste coming out of cruise ships along the coast is from scrubber wash water. Um, and all that scrubbers are is a pollution workaround to a clean fuel standard. Uh, so they operate by pulling in seawater, rinsing the exhaust, uh, and dumping out their sort of ocean acidification on tap. They've got heavy metals, they've got carcinogens, um, and that water is incredibly acidic, which is not healthy for the ocean. This is kind of stomach churning. And I think for many of us who are thinking about, well, I'd love to get back out traveling, like to get out and do the things I used to do. I mean, what what is it that as Canadians we can do? Well, what we need to do is bring in place laws. Uh, so we have the solutions from our neighbors. We know that cruise ships can match them because they are already doing so. Uh, and what we need to do is look at the Puget Sound model and say, okay, great. We've got a sensitive area. We harvest shellfish from here. No dumping, no discharge, 
not even treated, it's just not worth the risk. Uh, we need to look at what California's done and say, hey, we've got, a, we've got air pollution problems. We've got an ocean acidification problem. We can solve that with a clean fuel standard. Uh, and then we can look at what Alaska is doing uh, with onboard monitoring uh, and uh, bringing in third party observers. Pre-pandemic, they had a program funded completely by the cruise industry with just a $4 per birth charge uh, where we had independent reporting and independent eyes actually on the ship where the dumping was happening uh, with incredible insight into the pollution that's coming out of these ships and what can be done to prevent it. You know, really all that we need to do is match our rate match our neighbors the solutions are right next door this would this increase the cost do you think for travelers i mean that's obviously got to be a concern so alaska's ocean ranger program was funded with a four dollar per birth charge which is really a tiny fee when you look at an alaska ticket that's at least five hundred dollars is the ones that i've looked at upwards of a thousand many of them um, and if that pays for someone to come on board uh, and to hold the polluter accountable to make sure that they're not leaving behind a big brown mark uh, in our waterways, uh, that, that is worth it. And I think we really need to consider what's on the other side of this is if we allow pollution, that puts at risk the ocean economy, that puts at risk our fisheries, that puts at risk uh, oysters and shellfish for harvest and for export, that puts at risk all of those communities that depend on a healthy marine ecosystem as well as a healthy airship shed. Uh, Anna, I appreciate your time today. It's obviously a concerning issue. Thanks again. Thank you so much for having me. That's Dr. Anna Bar Barford, who is with Stand.Earth, and that is just plain gross is what that is.